Good evening, everyone. Bruchem Abam. Welcome to the first Purim Shir of Tavshin Pei Aleph. Um, tonight's Shir, the Shir on Sefer Shemais, are sponsored by the Zakheim family, Lili Nishmas, their husband and father, Shlom Eliezer ben Harab, Yaakov Zakheim, the Chorinam Lebracha, Shlom Shem Eliezer, Shlom Eliezer, for Shlom Mishpacha, Ad Bias Goyal Tzedek. Also, Tonight's Shir and the Shirman Shmois are co-sponsored by the Israeli family, Lili Nishmas, Mayor, Ben David, L'chayel Maba, Tehmenu Chasai Eden, Adbiyas Goyal Tzedek. And also, tonight's Shir is sponsored by the Justin family, by Rabbi Yamin Justin, Barayasai, for the yard side of his mother, Yerchevet Rivka Bas Harav Yitzchak Mayor. The yard side is Rishchodesh Adar. All of Neshama should have an aliyah. Should be Melisa Yisharim for all their families for Simcha Sanachas Ad Bias Goyal Tzedek. That was the best part of the shir. Everybody's interested in that part. No, just joking. Okay, so here we come. Also, this is also a very important part of the shir. And now that Purim is almost here, um, get your Magad Harakia on Purim. You could go to the new website rabbidg.com and free delivery in the United States of America. But the good news is also that tonight's shear is brand new, exciting material that uh, was never yet sheared publicly. So uh, Baruch Hashem, you will be uh, the first and maybe it will make it into the next edition of the Purim Sefer. So I was reading the Parsha and there was a phrase in the Parsha that really caught my attention because I thought I'd seen it before, it sounded something similar to Megillah Sester. So let's start with the Megillah. The Pasuk says in Megillah, in Parakhas Pasuk Zayin, Achashrosh is trying to explain to Esther and to Mordechai why Haman was hanged. And the king Achashrosh said to Queen Esther and to Mordechai the Jew, Behold, Haman's house is given to Esther. And he is hung on a tree. Because he sent forth his hand against the Jews. Now, question number one is, the word Yehudim is spelled with two Yuds. So, I'll tell you the truth. That wasn't my starting question because you can't ask a question if you don't know what the answer is going to be. You only ask questions that you know you could answer. But now that I know that maybe we'll be able to answer it, let's ask, why are there two Yuds in the word by Yehudim as if it's written by Yehudim? No, Bunim. You never hear of Yehudim? What are Yehudim? You ever hear of such a thing? All right. Good. That's, that's the right answer. What in the world are Yehudim? So, okay, you could come back. You know, he's, he's good. So, um, why does it have an extra yud in the word Yehudim? But furthermore, the word Shalach Yadai is a very specific word. Shalach Yadai means to send forth your yad, your hand. Azriel, you have a yad here? Yeah. He happens to have a yad, I know. Watch this. Thank you. (laughs) So... So uh, it says that Haman was hanged because he sent forth his hand against the Yehudim. No, he didn't. He wanted to. Shalach Yad means to misappropriate, as we're going to see in this week's parsha. It's a specific halachic term. Haman didn't do anything to the Jews. What did Haman do to the Jews? He made a lottery. He plot to kill us. And it was thwarted. Right? The... Uh, he didn't do anything. He tried to do. He planned to do, but he didn't carry it out. So why does the pasuk say Asher Shalach Yadai? Shlichus Yad is a very specific terminology. First of all, let's look in number two. Number two is raise your hand if you were ever a shaymer sacha. If you ever hired to watch something for somebody, somebody said, came over to you, Rabitz. He said, I want to pay you a thousand dollars. I want you to watch my pet tiger. Okay, didn't that never happen? Never. I don't know, think hard. So you're being paid to watch something for somebody, 
And uh, the guy comes back from vacation and he says, where's Tiger? You say, uh, uh, it was stolen. Stolen? So you're chayiv. Hashem Sachar is chayiv. But what if you say, well, sto- no, it wasn't stolen. You know, the UA- the UAE the other day landed uh, or orbited in Mars. So you, may, you, tell, you say, you know what happened? A few aliens came down from Mars and they stole your tiger. And, and uh, it was an oinus. And they uh, hijacked him, he, they kidnapped the tiger and they brought it to outer space. So that's something beyond your control. You're not chayim for that. So now you need to swear. You're off the hook. As long as you didn't use the item. If you misappropriated the item, if you use the item, then you're chayim for anything that happens. You're chayim for oinsen. However, as long as you swear, the shvua of God will be among all of them, between uh, the two of them. If you did not send forth your hand, that's them. They're calling you from outer space. If you did not send forth your hand in the, uh, the item of your friend. So basically the halacha is like this. A shoimer does not have full responsibility. For example, Shomer Chinam is putter if something is stolen. Shomer Sacher is putter if something annoying happened. The only thing is he has to swear that he was loy shalach yodoy b'malachas re'ehu. That you didn't misappropriate, you didn't use the item of your friend. Now there's an interesting machlekes between Beishamah and Beisilah, Allah Halacha and Baba Metziah. Let's say you planned on being sholeach yad in the, in the item, but you didn't actually do it. You thought to do it. You had a machshava to do it, but you didn't actually do it. So the Mishnah says in one who plans on misappropriating a deposit. Beishamai says chayiv. But Beishilol says your pater. So according to Beishamai, if you merely think you're going to misappropriate and you don't, and then annoyance happens, you're chayiv because you planned on using it. By the way, Rashi and Toysu says it doesn't mean you thought, it means you actually articulated that you were going to. And Basilo is of the opinion, you're not chayim until you actually misappropriate. But he would actually admit to that. No one's going to admit that they were going to... So he has to swear he didn't do it. Now, somebody might not admit, but they're not going to swear falsely that they didn't do it, right? And now, what? If someone's going to misappropriate a deposit, you know, for something, if he goes before a court, I'm sure he doesn't really care if he's coming home. By the way, I was planning on doing A basically, we really scare the living daylights out of somebody before they make an oath and say, you know, you're going to destroy the world, you're going to destroy yourself. We make them hold the safer Torah. So, not not every crook is willing to swear falsely. Most uh, we, we we give severe repercussions and we really make it a very frightening experience. So according to Beishamai, it's enough to think to be Shoilei According to Beishilel, you have to actually use the item. Now, there's another Machlekes. When you use the item, do you have to use it in a way where you cause a loss to the item? Or even if you just use it and you don't cause a loss to the item? We paskin that you need to use it in a way, not only is it not enough to think to use an item... Not only is it not enough to use the item, you have to use it in a way that you cause a loss to the item, and then and only then are you chayav on, on things that you ordinarily would have been putter on. So the question, and this question is raised by Rav Shleim Kluger, and we'll see others, is that why when it comes to Haman, the, the, the Megillah uses a very specific halachic terminology. Why is Haman hanged? Because he was shoyleach yad in the Jewish people. He used the Jews. He harmed the Jews. No, he didn't. He wanted to. He wanted to. It should say, Allah asher bikshu l'shloyach yad by Yehudim. Why does it say he did? That's the question of Rabbi Shlomo Kluger in the Kehilas Yaakov, in his Chidushi Agadois Masech de Megillah, Chelek Ches, Parsha Shkolem, Zachar Purim, page 5, 37, in case you only got up to page 536. So it's on page 537. Now, he asks, first of all, shlichus yad, you need to do it. You can't plan on doing it. Second of all, it needs chisaron. You have to cause a loss in the item. Haman didn't cause us any harm, any damage. He just tried to. By the way, this question is also raised in the Sefer Shemen Roish of Rev Usher Anshal Katz, who is a fine Jew who I never met, nor do I know anything about. 
He wrote a Sefer Shem and Rosh, and he wants to know, Haman was loy shalach yadoy bayudim. He did not misappropriate us. He did not harm us. He wanted to. So you'll say, maybe that's what it means he wanted to. Oh, wait a second. Let's go back to the, the Hebra, Big Son and Sarash. Big Son and Sarash. As we all think, he's going to sit in the corner. I'm not going to notice that he's there. No, no, no. We know where he is. Big Son and Sarash. What happened to them, Azrael? Um, they died. They died. Yes. How did they die? They were hanged. Um, they they hung them on a tree. Why? So the pasuk says in number four, parak vav pasuk beis. Shnei sarisei hamelach mishay meyasaf asher bikshu l'shlaya. They wanted to. So here it says it straight up. It says the truth when it says somebody. Hurt someone, it says they hurt them. When it says they wanted to, it says Asher Big So what's going on over here? Why by Big Son Masarish it says they wanted to be Shalayachyad? And by Hama, no, he was Shalachyad. So now we come, we have a minog already for many years. I think going back like 10 years already, that in the Shurim before Pesa uh, Purim, we like to give a shir from the great Rav and Ibershitz. Every year we have an annual Purim Rav and Ibershitz year. So this year we have to continue our holy tradition. And you know, it's not, it's not easy finding new material every year. But Baruch Hashem, the Torah is Aruka, Me'eretz Midor, Chavamineyam. It's longer than the earth, wider than the sea. So here's an interesting question. Take a look at number seven. On the first month, which is Nisan. Bishnash Demasray in the twelfth year. Lamelech Achashveroish of King Achashverosh he pilpur. Hu Hagoira Lifne Haman. He cast a lot. Miyaim Liyaim Umechaidash. The Khaidash name Asaru Khaidash Adar from day to day and month to month. Haman made a lottery. Did you ever hear of Lado? Not really Kedai to play Lado, you know. Yeah, they say you have a better chance of, you know, getting uh, struck by <laughs> thunder and lightning, you know. But depends if you if you have good mazel. Yeah, you got to be in it to win it, right? So Haman made two lots. Miyoim liyoim umechaydash lechaydash. What is the meaning of this? From day to day and month to month. I mean, didn't he take off his black hat? No, Mustafa Haman wore a black hat that he got in the Borsalino store. And he, he took off the hat and he put in 365 tzetlach, said the first day, the second day, the third. And he picked out. So what's miyoyim liyoyim l'chadosh l'chadosh? Yeah, and he's trying to choose which day to kill the Jews. Why these miyoyim? And then, later on in the Megillah, it says, Therefore, these days are called Furim because of the lot, the poor. Now, if the name of the holiday is because of the poor, it should be called Poor, which would be a good name for the holiday, considering that they're the ones who enjoy it the most. They get free food, free money, you know, everyone's showering them. It should be called poor. Why would it be called furim? These are the two questions of Rabbi Yonis and Ibishitz. What's miyoyim liyoyim umechoydesh lechoydesh? And what's furim, the two lots? So Rabbi Yonis says the two questions answer each other. Haman made two lots. First, he chose the day. First day of the month, second day of the month, third day of the month. He, he, he had a hat. He had a, a black hat for Shabbos that he put in 30 tzetlach. And then he had a navy blue hat for the vach. He had a, a blue weekday hat. Mustamal with a feather. You know, it was a little bit triangular. And on that on that hat, there were 12 tzetlach. And it said, Nisan, Er, Sivan, Tamil, Tarada. So first he put, he could have picked 17, 3, 1, 19, 29. And then he could have picked one through twelve. So that's miyoyim liyoyim umechaydesh lechaydesh, and that's why it's called furim because there were two lots. Yeah, this is Rabbi Yonasan Ibershitz. I mean, that's ridiculous. Imagine 
What exactly is the compelling nature of such a lottery? <laughs> you got to pick one day and you got to pick one month. So, I mean, it's like, remember when Yoshua said to Achan, okay, we're going to decide who stole from the booty by making a lot. And whoever, whoever's name came up, we're going to kill him. So Achan said, I have a great idea. I'll make a lot between you and, and Allah Zarakayin, and whoever I pick out, I'll kill them. How, how do you like that, Yoshua? I mean, obviously, a lot in and of itself is absurd. Oh, let's kill... I mean, one day has to come up, but what's the indication that there's something special about that day? I mean, Ahasuerus is going to go for that? Imagine. Haman comes. Ahasuerus, I have divine endorsement that this is the day to kill the Jews. How's that, Haman? Because I picked it out of a hat. Ooh, wow, that's, that's a very compelling way to know when God wants you to kill the Jews. I mean, this is the most random way you could possibly choose something. Imagine if I come with this. Muva. Now, uh, I, now I need, I have to muva somewhere, you know? Or something like that. Eight cell. Next to, who am I moving next to? Echad. One person. So I have to move next to one person. Wow, that's a very good mahalach in life to randomly pick things out of a hat. You know, anybody who operates that way is clearly insane. So, I mean, what, what exactly is the, the compelling nature of Haman's lot? Says Rabbi Yonah says, no, 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 no. That is not what Haman did. Haman had two hats. Again, he doesn't say hats. It could have been two boxes, but Haman had two hats. In hat number one, there were days. And the days were numbered 1 to 354. In hat number two, there were months, and there were number one through twelve. Says the Vyanasanaibishes. If in hat number one, Haman picks out the number a hundred, and in hat number two, he picks out Adar, Adar is going to be days 324 to 354. If he picks out day a hundred, the days and the months are contradicting each other. So obviously, the system is faulty. The divine endorsement is if Haman has the good mazel, that the day he picks out fits into the month that he picks out. In other words, day 1 through 30 will only fit into Nisan. Two, um, 31 through 60 would be Er. 60 through 90 would be Sivan. So the Rabbanus Abishit says, if you would have picked day 100 and Adar, obviously uh, nothing going on over here. But if he picks, let's say, day 340 and Adar, he's got something cooking over here. Obviously, he's being, it's being divinely uh, endorsed. So if the day and the month fit in with each other, that's why it says, These are the two lots. And this was the compelling nature of the lots. So again, Haman, in his first lottery, he picked out how many days in the lunar calendar? 354, right? And they're 12 months. So, comes the Shvile Pinchas, and this is real classic Shvile Pinchas territory. And he, I'll tell you the truth, I have to give a lot of credit to Shvile Pinchas, because the way he approached it, I'm going to approach it the complete opposite, but I never would have thought of it had I not seen what he said. And that is, he says like this, that the Haman was making a lottery, and clearly, according to Rabbi Anastan there were not 365 days in the possibilities. He was not making a lottery based on the solar calendar. Rabbi Anastan says clearly it was, go- it was going based on the lunar calendar, right? But he was using the Jewish calendar. However, says Rabbi Anastan when, however, says the Shvile Pinchas, when Rabbi Anastan says if it would have landed out on day 100, that's a contradiction to the month of Adar because day 100 is in Chodesh Tammuz. That's not what Rabbi Yonasan means. Because that would mean the way the lottery worked is Nisan, Iyar, Sivan, Tammuz by the order of the Jewish months. And we all know that even though Nisan is the first month, but the beginning of the year is Tishrei. So day 100 would be Tishrei, Cheshvan, Kislev, Teves. And day 340 would then be in Elul, not in Adar. And therefore, says Rav Yonis and in his opinion, 
Haman started the count on day one was Rosh Hashanah. And it fell out on Yud Gimel Adar. So let's make a Cheshvan. Tishrei, Cheshvan, Kislev, Teve, Shvat. Adar is the seventh month, not the twelfth month from Nisan, but the seventh month from Tishrei. And the lottery fell out on what day? Yud Gimel Adar. And what day is Yud Gimel Adar? This is only something the Shvi'a Pins has uncovered. Well, if you go 3029, 3029, 3029, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, because six months is exactly 180 days minus three. That's 177. Minus 16 for the last 16 days of Adar, it gets you to 161. Okay? 161. So you say, what's 161? Don't you know? With what name did God take the Jewish people out of Egypt? Moshe said, God, will the Jewish people ask me what, what's your name? Moshe, Vayoymer, Leyemel, Moshe, Eye, Asher, Eye, Vayoymer, Koysoy, Malmei, Yisrael, Eye, Shalachani, Aleichem, the name of God, with which you took us out of Mitzrayim, there's Ekiya, Aleph, then Hey, then Yud, then Hey. Now the Gematria of Ekiya is 21. However, if you write it out, Bemiluai, Aleph spelled Aleph Lamed Pei, which is 111, Hey spelled Hey Yud, 15. Yud spelled Yud Vav Dalet, 20. Hey spelled Hey Yud, so that equals 161. Oh, Kuf Samach Aleph, 161. The name with which God took us out of Egypt is name 161. Ekiya Asher Ekiya, I will be with them, then I will be with them. I'm taking them out. Comes the Belzareba, and the Belzareba says, "Remember the pasuk? V'samti fedus bein ani uvein amecha. I'm going to make a redemption and a separation between my people and your people. Who are my people? Israel. Israel equals five forty-one. Mitzrayim is what three eighty. What's the difference between five forty-one and three eighty? One." 61. Ekiah. Hashem says, you know, I'm going to take them out. Vesamti pedus. I'll make redemption. How will I make redemption? The difference between my people and your people. My people are 541. Your people are 380. I will redeem you in the difference between my people and your people, which is Ekiah 161. So, since we believe that nothing in Judaism is, is coincidental, nothing is ever coincidental. And especially in Hashem's Hashkacha, there's a concept, no great things are coincidental. Why did God have it that the lottery should fall out on Yud Gimel Adar, which is day 161? Because that's the day, the holy day representing God's name with which He took us out of Mitzrayim. No, Achzeresh didn't know that, but God orchestrated that, that should fall out on that day, so that it would bring protection to the Jewish people. Because 161 is a name of redemption. As we know, it's documented, that was the name with which God redeemed us from Mitzrayim. Now, I want to add that when Mordechai wanted to do tshuva, and he wanted to encourage Chaisal to repent, he enacted that we fast when? On Pesach. Why on Pesach? It's as if he's like petitioning Pesach. Pesach, didn't Rivan Shom redeem us on this Yom Tif with the name 161? Well, we need 161 to basically come through for us again. In other words, they're petitioning the Yom Tif of Pesach. They're saying, God, you already once redeemed us on Pesach with 161. Now we ask you to again use the Ekia, which is Bemiluai 161, to redeem us once again. Okay, so it's an amazing thing. Who would have even calculated that Yud Gimel Adar is the 161st day in the year from Tishrei? Who would have even known what the significance of 161? That's the name God took us out of Egypt. However, 
Shivim Panim La Torah. There are 70 facades of the Torah, 70 perspectives. And the Shvila Pincha certainly uncovered a great angle of Torah. But I would humbly suggest an alternative way to look at this. Because the Shvila Pincha's Mahalach is assuming that Rabbi Yonis and Ibishitz, when he says day 100 corresponds to Tammuz, he doesn't mean that. He means Teves. Because Haman started with Tishrei. And then when he says day 340 could work into Adar, he doesn't mean that. He means Elul. That's not what he says. And therefore I would humbly suggest that Nisan is the first month of the year. And if Nisan is the first month of the year, you're going to have to count what day after Nisan is Yud Gimel Adar. So Adar is the 12th month of the year. And how many days in the lunar year? 354. And what day is Yud Gimel Adar? 16 days before 354, which is what? What's 16 days before 354? 338. Shui nailed it. 338. How do you write 338 in Hebrew? Whoa, there's a lot, a lot of uh, Miami's there. Wow, Rip Sender, Rip Chaim, you're there also. That's where everyone is in Miami. You're listening. Yeah, yeah, we're listening. Yeah. I think you have you have better menu than we have over here. It looks like. Okay, good. <laughs> so it's day three thirty-eight. How do you write that in Hebrew? Shlach. Three thirty-eight. Okay, hold on to that. Now, when Haman made the lottery, the Pasuk says, let's go back to the Pasuk. Um, we don't have it here. It says, HaMelech, the, the scribes of the king read, on the first month, on the 13th day. Um, Every time the Megillah gives us a happening, it tells us the month and the day. The Megillah is very specific in describing and uh, recording the exact month and day that things happened. It happened in Sivan on the 13th day and Sivan on the 23rd day. And when Haman made the lottery, the Pasuk says, On the first month, which is Nisan. But what day in Nisan? Don't say. So says the Sefer Shem and Reish, we have a right to assume it was on the first day of Nisan. Oh, if it was on the first day of Nisan, and Haman cast ladder, lots on the first day of Nisan, and it fell out when Yud Gimel Adar, what day is Yud Gimel Adar? Like Shui said, 338, 16 days from the end of the year. Uh, says the Shem and Rosh, and we're going to see who else says it. We could go back and answer the original question. Why does it say that Haman sent forth his hand? He didn't, he wanted to. No, no, it's a remez. Alasher Sholach Yadai. He put his hand on day Sholach, day 338. That's what it means. <laughs> Amazing remez. Sholach Yadai. It was day 338. Now, this is the remez of the Shemen Reish. But you could say further. Because remember we mentioned that when it comes to misappropriating an item, Beishamai says it's enough to think you want to misappropriate. And Beishillel says, no, you have to actually misappropriate. So in Cain, according to Beishamai, on, if you're Sholeach Yad on a Pikadon, you're Chayif for your Machshava. Yeah? Now the Jews were exiled. They're deposited in the hands of the Umay Sa'ilam. So they're like a Pikadon. Haman is trying to harm them. He is Sholeach Yad. According to Beishamai, you're Chayiv, even for Machshava. Now even though we paskin like Beis Hillel, and we're going to come to this further, that's regarding Jews, who we want to deal with, Harachim, and we paskin like Beis Hillel, but with Goyim, who we want to deal with them, we're going to follow Beishamai Shita. And Lufi Beishamai, if, if somebody thinks to harm, 
that's already considered shlichus yad, and that's another reason it says shalach yadai. Because regarding how we view what a Gentile wants to do with us, we're going to paskin like Beishamai, that shlichus yad is even b'machshava. By the way, the Arugas Haboisem is also quoted as saying in his Chedushim Amparim, that's why it says Asher Shalach Yodoi by Yehudim, because at least according to Beishamai, someone who is choyshev l'shloyach yad is chayev. Now, watch this. This is Namish Oyem Benoira. Comes of Moshe Tzalach. And when Moshe Tzalach writes, Moshe Tzalach was a student of Rabbi Yehuda Fataya. You ever hear Rabbi Yehuda Fataya? Rabbi Yehuda Fataya was one of the great Sephardic Mikubalim. And Yeah, you need something? Yeah, I didn't want to Okay. So Rabbi Yudha Fataya is um, one of the Sephardic Mikubalim. Actually, he wrote a uh, very interesting svarim about reincarnation and, and um, dreams. And we've quoted in the past. He's buried on Harazesim. My, uh, my grandmother last time was buried quite uh, next to him. He has a nice oihel on Harazesim. In fact, the story goes that when Hitler was approaching Eretz Yisrael to invade the end of the war, so many of the G'daylam uh, went to be mispalo, the Imre Emes, the, the base Yisrael went to, to pray at Kever Rachel. And he comes to Kever Rachel, and he sees a man with a very snowy white beard, of a saintly looking man, Crying, he's crying. He says, "Who's that?" That he said, "That's the Riff, Rabbi Yehuda Fataya." He's also known as the Riff, not to be confused with the Risha in the Riff. He said he never saw anyone pray like that. He said, "If Rabbi Yehuda Fataya was in Europe at the start of the war, there never would have been a Holocaust." The Garaba said, "With prayer like that, and ultimately Hitler, for a miraculous reason, was not able to invade Israel." And he quotes Rabbi Yonason Ibishitz that the lottery took place on Rosh Chodesh Nisan, and it extended for 338 days, till when Yud Gimel Adar, and that is the secret meaning, because some ask, interesting question, why did Haman, why, why did he rejoice that the lottery came out in Adar? He said, oh, because Moshe Rabbeinu passed away on Zion Adar. So Haman have a great idea, why don't you make the decree to annihilate the Jews on Zion Adar. If you love Adar because of Zion Adar, make the decree on Zion Adar. The answer is he couldn't. The lot said 338. He had no wiggle room. So it says, Rav Moshe Tzalach, based on this, this is the secret of Alasher Sholach Yodoi Yehudim. Sholach Yodoi is a remez that he sent forth his hand today, Sholach, which is day 338. Now, comes the Kloisenberg Rebbe. And he says, the letter Yud in Kabbalah refers to Machshava. Refers to Machshava. Thought. That's an idea. A well-documented idea. So if you go back to the Pasuk, we mentioned that according to Beishama, Yechai for Shlichas Yad, even if you just have Machshava. So that's the Pshat. Why was Haman hanged? Because he sent forth his out. I, but you'll ask, what do you mean? He only thought. Ah, by Yehudim, the extra Yud represents Machshava. He's being nailed because he had the thought. But you'll ask, will we pass him like Beis Hillel? Says the Kloisenberg Rebbe, an amazing idea that regarding Purim, which we could say this two ways. First I'm going to say it my way, then I'll tell you his way. We've said many times to the Bnei Yisachar that Purim is basically such an upside-down, topsy-turvy day where what else do you see the tzaddikim leading the horse and the, uh, the tzaddikim on top of the horse and the rishayim leading the horse and having garbage poured on their head? It's only in the world to come. In this world, it's like tzaddik v'ralei rosh But Purim is literally a day out of Olam Haba, the future. So regarding Purim, it's like the halach is like Beishamai. That regarding the realm of Purim, we're going to pass it like Beishamai, that you're chayv from Achshava. But the Kloisenberg Rebbe says, a little differently, 
then in the Kinnas of Tishabav, we say, how can we rejoice on Purim so long as the Beis Hamikdash is not here and Mashiach hasn't come? Which means the main rejoicing on Purim is in the Achor Sayyamim. And in that case, in the Achor Sayyamim, we pass in like Beishamai. And therefore, that's why it says, um, Haman was nailed because he planned, because he was Sholei I, he only thought to do so. That's the symbol of the extra Yud. And regarding Purim, we're going to nail somebody for the Machshava. By the way, let's just add one more point. Take a look at number 14 in the Sefer Birchas Yosef, Rav Yosef Bukhritz. He also brings this idea that day, the day that fell out to annihilate the Jews, not like the Shvile Pinchas, but in support of our approach, day 338. Now, Haman didn't know though how are you going to count day 338? Are you going to count from Nisan? Or are you going to count from Adar? And that's why he made another lottery to choose the month of Adar. Now, says the Berchaz uh, Yosef, a beautiful remez. We know by the Mitzvah of Shiloh HaKain, the Pasuk says, Shaleach Tishalech Es Ha'im V'yas Habonam Tikachlach Shalach Tishalach Esoim, send forth the mother. The mother refer, refers to the Jewish people. Shalach, on day 338, Tishalach God decreed to send out the Jewish people. But, because we did Shuva, because we did Shuva, he took his children back to him. You hear the remez? Shalach, on day 338, Tishalach he decreed to send forth the Jewish people. But because we did tshuva, v'yas habanam tikach he took back his children. I would say a little different. You ready for this? Shalach, on day 338, tishalach, he sent us out. However, es ha'im, v'yas habanam tikach. But then you know what God did? He sent the aim. Who is the aim? The aim are always the redeemers of the Jewish people. It says the Bab of a Rebbe, Shalach to Shalach es ha'im. Three times in history we were redeemed. From Egypt, Aaron and Moshe, ha'im. From Purim, Esther and Mordechai, ha'im. La'asid lavoi, Eliyahu, Mashiach, ha'im. Shalach to Shalach es ha'im. God, send Aaron and Moshe, send Esther and Mordechai, send Eliyahu and Mashiach, and take your children to yourself. So on day 338, he sent us out. But then, he sent Esther and Mordechai. Now, that's approach number one, uh, number two. So we have the Shvile Pinchas. Then he started the lottery on Rosh Hashanah. And it would land on Yud Gimel Adar, which is day 161, Kuf Samach Aleph. We have our approach, which is day 338, starting from Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And then I came across something out of this world. I could not stop thinking about this this week. I don't know where it was going to come in. And hopefully, Ivan Shem should lead us in the right direction. I realize this is not the only time in this week's parsha, we have the expression shalach yadai. At the end of the parsha, it says that the nobles of Yisrael, the Zakenim, were gazing at God, and they were eating, and they were drinking, and God should have punished them. God did not send forth His hand against the nobles of Klal Yisrael. Even though Vayachzu and Sevalaykim, they were staring at God, Vayachzu, eating and drinking. You like that, Ha'ara. Only thing is, I gotta meet you. Sorry. Um, isn't it telling that twice in the parsha it says Loi Shalach It says by uh, misappropriating a pikada, and you have to swear there you were Loi Shalach and it says that the elders of the nation gazed at God and they ate and drank and God did not punish them. Haman was shalach yada against the Jews and in 
are the nobles in the parasha Loi Shalach Yadai. And looking, does the Balaturim say there's a connection? Nobody says anything. Until I found Rav Shlomo Kluger says there's a connection between the oath that you're Loi Shalach Yadai b'mlech Yehu and Vayachzu Asalekim Vayachla Yishtu but what's the connection? And then I discovered a Sfas MS. Now I will tell you that Bezos Hashem next year, I have a whole thing up my sleeve. But the reason I'm not telling it to you this year is because it's relevant to a leap year. Next year is going to be a leap year. Because this whole thing changes then. The Yushalmi says the Purim story happened in a leap year. Which means that even though it was supposed to happen in Yud Gimel Adar Aleph, which is day 338, Pashat Shani is Mordechai pushed it off 30 days to day 368. So I have a, a shear prepared on the significance of day 368, but it's better for a leap year, so let's save it for that. This year we're in a regular year. We're going to still work with Shalach 338. We have Rabbi Huda Fataya who learned that way and the, the Shem and Rosh learned that way. And we humbly would like to learn that way as well. And the Sfas says, let's look at this Pasuk in number 17. God did not send forth His hand against the nobles. Why in the world would God punish the nobles? Oh, right! They gave that God and they ate and drank. Pasuk's backwards. It should say, the nobles they ate and drank, but God didn't punish them. Why would it say, the nobles God didn't punish? Why would He punish them? Oh right, because they ate and drank and they gazed at Him. It's a backward passage. Also, anybody ever come across the word atzile? How many times in Chumash do you have the word atzile? It's the only time. In fact, the Gemara in, in Megillah says that when the Chachamim translated the Torah for Talmai, they changed this word. We just had the beginning of Megillah, yeah? They didn't translate it. So what, where else do we have Atzile? There's a concept that the highest Olam in the highest world is Olam HaAtzilos. The world that is hewn out from the glory of God Himself. Now, how many hours is Shabbos? 24 hours. The Arizal writes in many places that conceptually Shabbos' sanctity extends 31 hours. We've mentioned this in the past. Does that mean you have to not do Malacha 30? But the Kedusha of Shabbos it expands an hour of Toysa Shabbos and then three hours before and three hours later. 31 hours. Lamed Aleph Sha'is. The Arizal says that through the 31 hours of Shabbos, the, th- the name of God, the first name of God of the 13 Midas Rachman is Kale. Through the 31 hours of Shabbos, we're Zoycha to the 31, um, to, to the name of Kale, which is the first name of Hashem. And even though during the week the Sitra Achra is Linachash, on Shabbos we change it into our Shulchan. Linachash could be read Shulchan. By eating on Shabbos, by enjoying the Shabbos, by recognizing on Shabbos that everything belongs to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and of course, like we said last week, singing Zmiros on Shabbos, if you attach Aleph, which is God, to your Shulchan, you get Shulchan is 388 plus one is Shoifet. God elevates you. Like him, Shoifet, Zayashbel, Zayarim. Rabbi Justman, um, I believe he's a Garachasset, so we have to say over from his Fasemes. Now, we have the Kayach of Shabbos. The Kayach of Shabbos helps us transform Malin Nachash and it turns it into our Shulchan. Why? Because on Shabbos, we have a neshama from Atzilos, from the highest realm. Our neshama on Shabbos comes from the Olam HaAtzilos. Olam HaAtzilos, there are four worlds. There's the Olam HaAtzilos, Bria, Yetzira, Asiya. 
Each one of these four worlds co- corresponds to another letter of Yud Kevavke. The letter Yud is Atsilos, the secret of Chachma. Now, this is what it means. Yisrael. Klal Yisrael were on the Madriga of Atsilos. Why? Because of Shabbos. And therefore, if we're on the Madriga of Shabbos, Loi! Through the 31 hours of Shabbos, Loi Shalach Yadai! God could not punish us. Loi Shalach Yadai is Gematria Nachash. Three. Fifty-eight. Well, think of it this way. Excuse me. Shalach Yadai. Shalach Yadai is 358. Shalach Yadai is 358. Shalach is 338 and Yadai is 20. Shalach Yadai is the Nachash. We read the passage this way. V'yalat silei b'nei Yisrael. Because on Shabbos, Kala Yisrael were elevated to the Madriga of Atzilos. How? Through the 31 hours. Loi shalach yadai. Because of that, we were able to overcome the nachash. We were able to come. So like this. VL Through the 31 hours of Shabbos. Atzile b'nei so We reached Madrig of Atzilos. And therefore, loi shalach yadai. The nachash had no dominion over us. And we were able to eat and drink and gaze at God. And it was not harmful. By the way, the Arizal says, you know, we say in Musaf on Rish Chaydesh or on Shosh Regalim, we say, says the Arizal, there's a window in heaven called Zihara. That, that's where the Sitra Achra is. And there, there's a hand there that's bent over. And when the Sitra Achra is strong, the hand stretches out and it destroys the bias. But says the Arizal, on Shabbos we're protected from that yad. On Shabbos, we're on the Madrid of Atzilos, we have no, uh, we are not susceptible to the Nachash. Shalach is the Nachash. How? Through the 31 hours of Shabbos. Through the 31 hours of Shabbos, we have Kale of the first Midas Harachamim. Now the 31 hours of Shabbos ends by Shalashudas. And by the way, if you have 13 Midos Harachamim, each one, can I get one of the Yudke Vav case, 13 times 26 is also Shalach 338. So the meaning is like this. V'yalat silei b'nei Yisrael. Klal Yisrael, in the end of the parasha at Arsinai, they were on the Madrig of Atzilus. By the way, why Atzilus? It was Shabbos! Everyone agrees the Torah was given on Shabbos. So they were on the Madrig of Atzilus. V'el through the 31 hours. And therefore, Lo Yishalach Yodai, the Nachash had no dominion. And by Yechzu Asalekim, on Shabbos, you could come close to God through eating and drinking. But now, Marv Rabbeisa, I think this opens up yet another dimension of the Pasuk. Haman was hanged. Why? Alasher Shalach Yadoi. Shalach Yadoi is Gematria Nachash. Haman tried to Nachash us. Don't, don't Chazal say in the Gemara and Chulin, Haman Menatar Minayin, Shanamar Hamino Eitz. What Haman tried to do to Klai so is he tried to arouse the sin of the Eitz Hadas like the Nachash. So Shalach Yadoi is a remez the Haman co-opting the power of the snake. It didn't say he wanted to be Shalach Yadai. He is Shalach Yadai. He's the embodiment of the snake. So how did we overcome him? The Gemara says in Masech the Megillah that what saved Klai saw in the times of Purim? The Gemara says it was the seventh day. And the Jewish people, what were they doing on the seventh day of Ahasuerus' party? It was Shabbos. And while the nations of the world were eating and drinking and speaking about lewd matters, Klal Yisrael was having the Shabbos Suda and they were saying Divrei Torah and they were enjoying the Zmirois. So they were now on the Madriga of the El Atzile. And when you have a Neshama from Atzilus, you're impervious to what? The Nachash. And what letter of the Aleph phase represents the world of Atzilus? The letter Yud. That's 
why in the context of Haman being the Nachash, Asher Shalach Yodai, the word by Yehudim is spelled with an extra Yud. So we have two Pshat and why there's an extra Yud. One, the Kloisenberger Rebbe, because Haman was punished for his Machshava, like the Shita Beishamai. And we're saying that the same way at the end of the parsha, Yel Atzile B'nei Yisrael, where on Shabbos where you have a Neshama from Atzilos, you're impervious to the Nachash and the Sitra Achra, and the Yad HaNeshtalcha has no dominion, because we're Zoichet Tekel through the 31 hours of Shabbos. So Asher Shalach Yadah is 358. Haman was utilizing the Nachash, but he was we were impervious to the Nachash, because by Yehudim we had the Yud of Atzilos, the Kayach of Shabbos, by the way, one of the reasons why the Minag Yisrael is to smell for Havdalah, Hadassim, is to commemorate Esther in connection to Shabbos, because the Pasuk says, the Beis Yosef says number 23, Tachas which refers to Esther, and juxtaposed to that, that is Shoimer Shabbos Mechaleloi. But according to what we're saying, it comes out very beautiful that the reason why Esther had ascendancy is through the power of Shabbos. In fact, the Malei HaOimer says, It was the seventh day and God was besimcha over our Yayin of Kiddush. So Shabbos is what defended the Jewish people. And just like on Harsinai, even though we ate and we drank, but we were impervious to the Nachash because we had Atsilos. In the times of Mordechai and Esther also, even though we were Nenef from the Suda, but it was Bayoim Hashvi, Kitoy Vlev HaMelech Bayoyin. And in such a circumstance, you could be Vayechsu Esolikim Ayochlu, Vayishtu, Vyal Atsilei Bnei Yisrael Shalach Yodoy. Purim was a fruition of Yalatzile, we're on the Madrig of Atzilos, and therefore Loi Shalach Yadai, Haman, who was the Nachash, had no power over us. Mavrabaisai, wishing everyone a wonderful evening. Bez Hashem, tomorrow night already is Chodesh Adar, Mishanichnas Adar Marm Besimcha, Mishvizoicha, to a Chodesh of Simcha, Besasain, La Yehudim, Mishtav, Yamta. Thank you so much for listening. Shkayach.